1: Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion.
0: Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. It's always a race to see, can I make it go live on my Facebook in the amount of time? And the answer is no. I'm not able to do it here. I'm just going to copy the link. There we go. We're, we're going to be live now on my Facebook page too, because I know sometimes you guys have a hard time finding it. So good morning. I'm Shannon Penrod and I'm technologically challenged. And you, how are you this morning? I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. Can I tell you, it's such a privilege to be here. And I, and I always love when we, when we have an opportunity to do the show. But I was saying, I don't know if you guys are like this. I was saying to Traven this morning that I'm one of those people that, you know, if we have to do something for a really long time, I'm great until the very last week of whatever it is. I remember I did summer theater a million years ago when I was young. And, um, you know, we had to live in a camper and there was, you know, you had to walk three blocks to go to the bathroom. It was just only things you can do when you were young. And we would do like a hundred and eight days of performances. It was just grueling, grueling, grueling. And I could do it. I did the whole thing. And then it would be the night before the last show. And I would go, we can't do this. We can't, I can't possibly live in a camper for 108 days. And then everybody would have to remind me that I had just done it for 107 days. I'm that way right now about doing shows at home. I just said to Draven, we 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 can't do this. We can't sustain this. We've been doing it for two Years we have crested the two year mark, we've already been doing it for two years, and this morning I'm like, This is impossible! Uh, because we have I think eight more shows left at home because we're moving into the studio, the new studio that's the studio of my dreams. I can't even believe this space that we're moving into. I'm so happy and so excited. And then we just have to live up to that space. We've got so many exciting things planned, and you won't have to look at my white doors anymore. Can we all say "yippee kaye? yay"? Um, I'm so excited. We are. I've opened up the chat. We're uh, Susie. Good morning to you. Uh, we're wanting to hear from you guys because we're live right now. Today is it's spring. Uh, It's March 20 and I'm wearing a spring shirt, right? Uh, I can't finish the sentence. It's March 23rd, 2022. We are live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and about a dozen other places. Our fabulous Traven is going to show you some of the places that you can be watching us. Don't forget that we are also a podcast. You can download the free podcast wherever you get podcasts. We love it when you like, share, share review, comment. We love it when you participate. It's more fun for us when you participate and it enables other people to know about us. Cause if you watch the show at all, you know, we just, we don't have a big marketing budget. We don't have any marketing budget. So we don't do that. We count on you guys. If you like what you find here, you share it. You guys have done so great with that. Do you know that in just a week um, we'll celebrate, It'll we'll be starting our 11th year of Autism Live, 11. We're gonna be 11. Um, So that's really exciting to me. And when we started you know, we, we basically didn't tell anybody. We just went on the air and, and let people find us. And so now we're at the place where for the second year in a row, we're the number one rated autism podcast worldwide. That's because you guys liked and shared and reviewed and whatever. So good morning, Amanda, and your blue hearts. That always wakes me up in the morning. I know we're here. Amanda's here. She's got her blue hearts. Uh, so it's wonderful. So feel free to write into the chat uh, wherever you're watching, but you you can also always send us comments on the autism-live.com site. There's a chat at the bottom. It's not interactive, but I can get your messages and then we can talk about it here on the air. I also want to let you know that we are systematically, slowly moving everything over to autismnetwork.com. And when you go to autismnetwork.com, there is a tab that you just click for Autism Live and then you're at the old Autism Live website. We're going to be retooling that throughout this year to make it fresher and better because you know that website. Yeah, Uh, it is... It is not the shining thing that we would like for it to be, but, uh, it's there, it works. And, uh, I know I, change is hard for me. It might be for you. You can always get there from autismnetwork.com. It's easier to remember when we've had to say to people, go to autism-live.com. Then you have to have the conversation about, "Is is it a hyphen? Is it a dash? What is that? What do people call it? Yeah. It's not ideal. So, autismnetwork.com, we don't have to have that conversation, right? Uh, so, please feel free to check out the stuff over there and, and continue to let us know. You know, we didn't bother to beta test autism network. Cause we just decided to have it be there and have you guys tell us if things aren't working. You guys have been wonderful about that. Amanda says, believe it or not, I've been around since back in the Roku trial days. Oh, Amanda, you're a veteran. You've been here almost as long as I have. Um, you, you guys sent me a Roku and I had to answer feedback questions. Oh my gosh. That was a million years ago, but I love that you, that you got a Roku out of it. Um, and at this right now at this moment, I don't believe that we are on Roku because our Roku channel got all broke and it's very hard to get a hold of those people. If anybody knows anybody at Roku, uh, we'd like to have a Roku channel again, but it's been hard. Um, but we'd like to be on Roku again. We enjoyed those days. We, we liked working with Roku. Uh, so any, I'm so glad that you, that you found us that way and that you answered the questions and you got a free Roku. We, somebody just donated something to me yesterday that in April we're going to be having a contest for that I'm very excited about. We'll tell you more about that uh, coming up. We got so many things going on in April. You can see the cow behind me. That's the Temple Grandin Cow that she signed for. She's going to be with us on April 18th. You're going to want to mark your calendars. Uh, but we're also going to have Holly Robinson, Pete, Stephen Shore, a whole bunch of wonderful, wonderful people. It's going to be great. Okay. But today we've got something, a really interesting topic. George Bailey is going to be joining us in just a few minutes um, from Sleep Talker. And they make Z-pods, which are sensory friendly beds for all kinds of people, including individuals on the spectrum. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's the whole thing about a pod bed? Why? um, Why are they not a big thing in the United States? Why is uh, and maybe why they should be. So George, George Bailey. Yes. I didn't make that name up. We're going to talk to him about, is that it's a wonderful life thing or not? Um, and, um, I think we probably are going to know some people in common, George Bailey and I, um, so we're going to check that out in just a little while, but you know, on Wednesdays, first, I have to say a couple of things. If you're here and joining us and it's your first time and you're like, who is this woman? Let me first say that I'm a pony. Uh, (laughs) I love saying this now. I'm a pony. I'm a parent of a neurodiverse individual. And sometimes now I'm calling myself a pony. I'm the parent of a neurodiverse adult individual because my son is now 18 years old and very proud to be a pony and a pony. Uh, And I am not an autism expert at all. Not at all. I'm not an expert really in anything except talking and talking and talking. Um, That I can do. That's my superpower. But I also care so deeply about this community because I'm a pony, because it was a day and a time when it was my first day in this tribe. And I remember it like it was yesterday, still have to process some of the feelings from from that time. And I want to help as many people as I can. That's sort of the deal that I made on, on my bedroom floor that I said, please help me to help My child, please don't let me mess this up. Please don't let that be my story. And if you help me, I promise I will help whoever I can. So every day I'm here paying down my karmic debt, right? So I welcome you if you are also a pony or a pone or whatever words you like to use to describe yourself, if you're an individual on the spectrum, or we always say if you're someone who loves individuals on the spectrum, because those are all the people that we want to reach. And we want to make sure that that becomes the entire world, that everyone loves individuals on the autism spectrum and honors their humanity and their right to all the things that we all want, right? It should be absolutely no difference. The respect, the dignity, the rights to be able to live where you want to live, love who you want to love, work where you want to work, have opportunities, right? Everybody deserves that. I, I know sometimes it's just like boggles my mind that we have to bring that up. That seems like such a duh to me, but apparently not. So we're just going to plug away on that, right? Until we get there. Uh, I love that idea. So that's what, that's why I'm here because I care deeply about that and about you, that you get what you need. This is not a one size fits all community at all. So I talk about my story and the things that I went through, because it's my base of understanding, but please understand that I'm aware that that is not your story. I want to hear your story, whatever it is. I want to know what's kicking your can. What can we do to help you to get, even if it's just to say, you're okay, you're okay. And you're here. And there are people who care about you and care about your well-being, right? Because sometimes that's the only thing that can help. So, so we're here. That's what we're doing. Okay. Um, we do like to start Wednesdays, but I'm not an expert. That was the whole point of that. Care deeply, not an expert. Have an opinion, not an expert. So uh, when we start Wednesday's show, we always like to start off with the jargon of the day. And you know that I've really been challenging myself this year to take on all the jargon terms that we have not done that are the ones that I partic- make me squeamish that make me want to run screaming down the street with my hair on fire. And today we're going to continue that, Woo-hoo! Uh, and then we'll get to a whole bunch more fun. But uh, so we first we give you the actual definition. Sometimes we make fun of it because that's the only thing we can do. There's nothing to be gained from it otherwise. And then we give you a working definition. And I always like to try to give you a context of why this might be important to you and why you should be kind to yourself. If you don't get it in the first time that you don't beat yourself up, but why you would want to keep trying to understand what this term is. Um, so uh, let's take a look at what today's term is. Oh, we're assessment week. It's the Vineland Adaptive Behavior Scales. I don't think I've ever heard anybody refer to it as the V-A-B-S, but I guess when they're writing reports, they probably do because it's shorter than saying the Vineland Adaptive Behavior Scales. But I think when you're talking to people, To caregivers and parents and teachers, everybody just calls it the Vineland. And it's one of those things that, you know, they'll say, Well, we need you to do the Vineland again. Or um, they're like, Oh, did you do the Vineland? And, you know, it'll come with a slog of papers. And sometimes you're like, I don't know which one is the Vineland, but trust me, it's nobody goes. Oh, yay! I get to fill out the Vineland again. It's one of those, right? So let's take a look at what it actually is, and then we're going to break this down to something useful for everyone. So the Vineland Adaptive Behavior Scales, the VABS, is one of the most popular measures of adaptive behavior in children in the United States and other Western countries. Thank you very much from Sparrow at all. Um, so. Um, Okay, now, you know, like, I don't know about you, but I'm no closer to knowing what it is, except if you're paying attention, and I'm like really tuned in, you know that on Monday, uh, we, we talked about the VB map, which was looking at the language operants. What's the language in the child or the individual? And now we've got a clue here that this is about the adaptive. And if you don't know what adaptive is, though, you're up a tree, right? Then you're no closer to knowing what it is. But don't worry, we got you. We're going to break this down. So let's move on to our working definition here. And um in our working definition It's a very common survey that parents will be asked to fill out about their child's ability to perform age-appropriate life skills. And often the child's teacher will answer questions as well. And they will take the the teacher's uh, remarks and the parents' remarks, and then they'll put them together. There's a whole... You got to take classes to know how to score a, a Vineland. That, that's a whole other Oprah, right? And as parents, if you're a parent, you don't have to worry about that. And if you're a professional, you'll be trained on how to do that. And if you're a teacher, you're just like in the parent category. It's, it's a slightly different survey that you fill out if you're a teacher than a parent, because obviously some of the things that you do that are adaptive, adaptive are those life so think about dressing and toileting and, um, you know, being able to, um, in, and it's on a sliding scale of what's age appropriate, because one of the things eventually would be being able to take care of your own medication. Well, if you're four, we're not going to put you in charge of your own medication, right? So it's across a lifetime and and the kinds of things that you do. Um, and, and there are some things that you'll need to do for life skills, both at home, you're going to go to the bathroom at home and hopefully you're going to go to the bathroom at school too. Right. Um, but there are other things that you may not do at school. I think the average, uh, child who goes to school is not taking a shower at school because you know, that's not part of most elementary schools. I imagine that it's a part of some of them, but not most of them. So, um, that's why the the tests are sort of different. So let's, let's get down to nitty gritty here. This is one of those things, the Vineland is something that very likely, because it's so popular, if you were a parent of an individual on the spectrum, you're going to be asked to fill out the Vineland survey once a year. Not more than that. You shouldn't do it more than once a year, but like, you know, there, there comes a day where they just throw a bunch of papers at you and they go, please fill these out and bring them back to us. Right. The violent is one of those that makes us all go, Oh no, not this one again. Um, because the scoring for it, I think is, first of all, the questions are really hard and it brings up all the emotion. Can we acknowledge that, that when we have to sit down and fill out a survey that talks about what our child can't do, that is never going to be fun. Boom never going to be fun. No one goes, yay. I get to, I get to talk about the things where, where my child still is behind, you know? Um, so I think first of all, we have to acknowledge the emotions, why we don't want to fill it out. And this seems to mystify the people who give us the test. They're like, why it's not that big of a deal. Oh, wonderful. Well, like then right now in front of everybody, why don't you try on 35 bathing suits? And I'll say to you, it's not that big of a deal. What's the big deal, right? Because you have emotions about it, folks. That's that's why it's a big deal. And because this is the hard stuff. Nobody wants to focus on where the deficits are. However, there's a reason why we need to do it. Because I know a lot of parents, myself included, that we avoid Then They give you the packet of papers. And then two weeks later, they're like, do you have the packet? I don't, I don't know where they went. Do you have another packet of papers? I've done that before. Right. Cause I just didn't want to do it. And what I learned along the way is that I have to first acknowledge the feelings and go this. Yes, this is how I'm feeling about this, but I still need to fill it out because it's what's going to help my child. I literally had to talk myself through it. And, and you know what I would do when I would get the papers, when they would hand them to me? Uh, if at all possible, like some days you just can't because you got to be someplace else. I would go, oh, I'm going to sit in the car and fill these out right now and give them back to you right now. And they would always say the same thing. Oh, you don't have to do that. No, 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 no. Take them home. No, I want to get it over with. I want to get it over it and, and send it back in because if I'm going to be in the mindset of I'm doing this to help my child, then why would I wait? Why would I wait? I don't want to have this hanging over my head. I don't want it to take up any more real estate in my head than it absolutely has to. I'm going to rip this band-aid off, get it right back into you. And I'll tell you what happens is then nothing gets slowed up on your end might get slowed up on the school's end, but it's not going to get slowed up on your end. And it was painful for like eight minutes. And, and for me, I want to be painful for eight minutes, do it, hand it back in. Now I'm eight minutes done. Otherwise it can be painful for two months where every day I think, Oh, I haven't filled out that vinyl thing yet. Right? So that's what I got used to doing was saying, no, I'm going to sit right here, and, you know, I'd give my son my phone. So he'd play a game on my phone and I would go turn on the air conditioning, fill it out. Boom. Here it is. It's back to you. So that's one thing. And that I'm, that's how I was. You could be, you know, you could feel entirely different about it. It's totally up to you. But I would also reward myself afterwards and say, I did something really good today for myself and for my child. I did it fast. I did it Right. And I, and I did it on behalf of my child and in honor of the fact that my child needs this to make progress. So I get a reward and I would decide on that day what the reward was. And it had to be something that was good and worthwhile because we learned yesterday from Dr. Brampuche, it's what maintains the behavior. It's what convinces us, oh yes, it's better to get the paperwork done and get it over with. We got to give ourselves a reward. So make sure you don't skimp on that make sure that you give yourself a big reward because that's big doings when you face that sort of stuff and get it done and get it in. Woohoo. Right now, here's the other thing. The other thing that we don't love about this particular one is that we don't always know how to answer the questions because the questions, it's one of those that's in the category. It makes a statement. My child, um, you know, is able to use the toilet successfully and then you have to score it um always sometimes never and you go well mm, i don't know right and usually it's between two cuz there's a long distance between always and never right if your child has never been able to sit on the potty and do anything successful then that's pretty clear that it's a never right? Because if they, if they're able to do it, they've done it once, then that's a sometimes, right? Um, but it's sometimes hard to know, is it a, so it's hard to know, is it a sometimes or a never? And I'm just going to tell you, be absolutely literal about it. If they've done it once sometimes. Um, but then there's a jump between sometimes and always. Cause it's like, well, you know, he does it pretty consistently, but every once in a while we have an accident. And, and I want you to take that one pretty literally too. And here's the litmus test for me. Um, because I always say to myself, do we still need to be working on this? And if we do, then I'm going to say sometimes. And sometimes that feels like it's not fair, like it's cheating your child of, of the, the glory of the progress that they've made. But, but here's another thing that I would like for you to consider. If you are in the phase where you are still actively seeking help on these things, err on the side of caution and put sometimes not always. Because what you're saying when you say always is, I don't think we need to work on this. I don't think we need support for this. I don't I don't think we need anything extra. That's the message that powers that be. Now, a time when your child is doing better if you're doing all of these things, your child gets better at some skills. And eventually you go, we don't want any more support with that. Think about that. Think about that day and how exciting that is. And when you are making the shift from wanting l- more support to less support, then, then I would tell you to err on the other side and put always. So here's my example that if you are trying to get a one-on-one aid in the classroom and you're not sure whether to put an always or a sometimes, cause it's like mm, sketchy, put a sometimes. If you were at the point where you want your child to go into general education or you're getting rid of the aid, then you would err on the side of saying, yep, they can do it all the time because they're going to look at that paper and they're going to decide how much support. Your child needs, and I will tell you they will use it against you what you put on the piece of paper. I know I shouldn't tell you that because that's going to make you stress out about, oh no, what if I put something wrong, but if you follow what I just told you you'll do you'll do just fine, remember. Are you asking for the support? If you're asking for the support, put the lowest one that you think fits. If you are asking to get rid of support and you want a more inclusive environment across the board with less supports, then you would err on the side of putting the one that's higher. Does that make sense? Um, And then the other thing that I want you to do is that when you fill this out, as you fill it out, I want you to take just a moment before you fill it out to take a breath and say, I'm going to trust that what I put on this piece of paper is going to be true and accurate and help my child because there's no way to get it hundred percent right. And if you start with the idea of, I'm going to trust myself to put what's true and accurate, then you're going to be okay. And then when you're done with it, as I said, you got to give yourself a reinforcer. Okay. Um, but that's the Vineland. It it doesn't take long to take it. And I will tell you, as your child gets older, the thing, the other thing that I got excited about later on was that there were things on the violin that in the beginning, it was just never, 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 never. You know, he can't do that. He can't do that. He never does that. Right. And then, you know, the next year there was a couple of sometimes. And then the year after that, there were, there were a couple of always. And there were few and few of the nevers, except for the ones that you want to be nevers. Like, you know, my child, uh, you know, um, has frequent tantrums. Eventually I was putting never for that. And it was like, wow, we've really made some progress here. So I felt, I, I got to the point where I felt like it was an anniversary of less of what he couldn't do and more of how far we had come. It can be that it can be that. So that's our jargon for today. Don't we all like need like a little therapy now from that? So let's move on to our question of the day. And I hope that it's a happy one uh, that distracts us from all of that. Cause that's not the fun stuff. Still, we got to do it. It's in the adulting category. So, oh, oh, well, you know what? This can be reinforcing to some extent because sometimes it feels good to just get this up and out too. What makes you feel resentful? I used to resent having to take the violence. I used to resent the hey nanny nanny out of it. Can I tell you? Um, and then I made a different decision. But uh, what makes you feel resentful? Um, I can get my knickers in a twist fairly quickly um, about things, and things still hurt my feelings. Um, I say that I'm going to get tough, and I'm not. But I just the other day, like I was, I was talking about what it was like when my son was doing the BB map, and boy, it takes me right back there. So I can get resentful about a whole lot of things. But what I'm trying to remember in my life now is that if I hang on to resentment, that that's me carrying it, not who I'm resentful at. Can I be honest? I'm still having a hard time uh, because we got kicked out of the YMCA. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at myself, but My goodness, it was 16 years ago. And, you know, I've told the stories more times than I can think of. My feelings are still hurt by YMCA. I think you owe my son and myself a a public apology, and then maybe I'll be able to move past it. But the truth is the YMCA is not staying awake at night worrying about the fact that I'm resentful at them. That is just me carrying that hot rock around. And the minute I put it down, I'm going to have more time to do more things. This is why I'm laughing at myself. Because it's not hurting my son now or me at all, at all. I am choosing to hang on to that resentment and I don't have to. So I'm asking you, what are you resentful at? Is it useful to you? Are you ready to put it down? Uh, Maybe I'll be ready to put the YMCA down today. And if I'm not, that's okay too. But I have to remember it's my choice to stay resentful and that it's slowing me down. And I don't necessarily need that. Uh, okay, let's move on to our topic this week because I, I think this all goes sort of hand in hand here. Um, because sometimes the people that you're resentful at are the people that you thought were going to show up for you and the, and that didn't, right? Like I thought the YMCA was going to be part of my inner circle. I had been told by friends, go to the YMCA and you're going to have a group of people who are going to have your back. And I am resentful of the fact that it was the exact opposite that they kicked us out because my child had autism. They don't do that anymore, by the way. I know uh, so many people who had great stories about the YMCA and how awesome they were. It just wasn't my story. It wasn't my son's story. But but part of building your inner circle is recognizing, oh, okay, well, I guess it's not going to be the YMCA. And then I'm going to go and find somebody else who's going to have our back. And, and, you know, your circle gets smaller and that's a bummer. And you're going to feel resentment towards people who you were counting on being in that circle. It, it's hard. It's hard. But I got to tell you, it's hot rocks that we don't have to hold. And sometimes you're so mad about somebody who wouldn't be in your inner circle that you miss someone who is. I was shocked by the people who ended up stepping it up for us and being in our inner circle. Um, people that I will be forever grateful for. So you got to build your inner circle, find those people, reinforce them. Um, that's a really, oh, Susie says my son and I got kicked out of the library. Isn't it crazy? Like the library, you, you know, um, but, but we're, we're coming around the corner getting to April and, you know, April is the autism a month. What are, what are you working for? Awareness, acceptance, um, you know, what are all the A words that we talk about, right? Um, I, I, I know that there's a lot of people in the community who say, we don't need more awareness. Come on, we've got the awareness, except that then you go to a library and somebody doesn't know and you go, all right, now we got to go back and teach these people how to deal with this, right? Um, and that it's not something um, that you just close the door on. You're just going to adapt a little bit. Can you be a little flexible here? Uh, Aisha says, I'm resentful of the ABA therapist who broke my son's tooth and made me hate ABA. Aisha, I would be resentful about that too. Because if I'm going to be honest, I'm resentful of the developmental pediatrician that diagnosed my son who told me not to do ABA. And I lost six months of ABA because of her, because she had this preconceived notion. But I could see where if your child broke a tooth, that would make you not want to do ABA. Can I tell you a quick story? There was one day that I went to my son's school. It was his Christmas concert. And I was, I came early to see if I could help. And of course they didn't want my help. And um, my mom was there and and she, my mom at that point was using, uh, I don't know whether she was using a cane or a walker on that day, but she needed a lot of help to be able to get into her seat and I wanted to bring her there early and I wanted eyes on things, how things were going. He had a new aide that was there with him and I just wanted eyes on it. And I, um, I went around to the back of the building where they were doing the, um, the concert at. I don't know why I think there was a water fountain there and I was going there or, or whatever reason. So, and it was just crazy circumstance. Cause I, my son was running back from the playground um, and he saw me and came running towards me and she was telling him to stop. He wasn't listening to her and somebody had rolled up a rug and left it there. And it was sort of dirt colored and he didn't see it because he was looking at me and he fell face planted and he, um, broke his glasses and sort of instantly got a black eye. Um, and the thing that always amazed me is that, I wasn't thrilled about how the aide um, handled it. Like that she wasn't able to stop him, that they didn't have enough rapport for that. But I remember thinking, you know, thank goodness I was there and saw that because if he had come home with that, I would have assumed that someone had done something horrible to him. Do you know what I mean? And I would never have had another moment's peace with him going to school, but because I was there and I saw it, Um, and they wrote up the whole report and it wasn't quite how it happened. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if I had not been there to see it, I, you know, this mama's head would have come off and flown around the room. So it's super rough. I don't know if you were there and saw it when your son's tooth got broken. Um, I don't know what the ABA therapist was doing, um, that a tooth got broken, but you know, sometimes stuff happens but I'm sorry that she made you hate ABA and that however they handled it made you hate ABA. I hope that watching this show, you'll give ABA another look and just think of that person as being that person or the moment being bad, whatever it was. Um, But normally you don't lose a tooth doing ABA. Like I think we can all acknowledge that. Uh, Amanda says, when we moved services to Texas, the coordinator said she was sending me two forms for each kid. Oh my goodness. Um, so a a total 24 pages. So you're doing the Vineland times three for each kid. You know, I I don't, I don't know if you drink, Amanda, (laughs) I'm not advocating drinking, but you know, I know moms that are like, I, I, I get wine for filling out the Vineland. You got to do what, um, what you can. Now that would not be my thing. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't, but you know, talk to the people around you, about what you need to do to be able to first fill that out and then the reinforcer that you get and, and get yourself something fabulous because you deserve it. Aaron saying hello to you. So thrilled that you're here. Trudy says my special education daughter has mental health disability, but school refuses to accept. So Trudy, what you want to do is go to our playlist with Bonnie Yates on our YouTube channel. It's called know your rights. You're going to want to search, um, uh, about getting, um, I'm trying to think what the initials are. So, independent educational evaluation, IEE, you want to search how to do that. You want to ask the school in writing for that, that you want an independent educational um, evaluation. They're going to have to pay for it. And, um, but when you disagree, when they say that someone does not have something and you say that they do, you want to push the thing. And, if if you don't yet have an IEP, sounds like you do. But if you don't, if you do have an IEP and you ask for an IEE, they have to give it to you. Um, and if they don't, I would lawyer up uh, or at least advocate advocate up. Um, but if if she doesn't have an IEP yet and you're trying to get the designation to get the IEP, and they're saying no, what you want to do is find whoever the person is who's most likely to listen and say, "Oh, I was talking to someone about Child Find." And that if I go in and get her evaluated and pay myself to get her evaluated, and that it shows very clearly that I asked you guys to do that, you guys, like, there's a thing with child find that that could be a problem for you. You say it very innocently. You don't accuse them of anything or say you're going to be in trouble, but you, you let, you say the word child find and say, somebody was telling me that like, that could be a problem for you if I end up after I've asked you and you don't do it. And then I get it something that that, 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 that's problematic. That child find says that you're responsible for that all innocent. Right. And then very quickly, you will get the independent educational evaluation because when they have a child fine lawsuit, they're in big trouble. So there we go. There we go. All good. All better. Hey, our guest is here and he has been waiting patiently. So I want to get to him uh George Bailey is joining us. He's the president of Sleep Talker. Um it, and they're they make Z-Pods. They're a St. Louis startup. They uh recently were a recipient of an Arch grant, which I want to know all about that and what that is. Um, and what these z pods are are uh sensory-friendly beds for high-energy children, including those with autism. And George sits on the board of directors of Autism Speaks St. Louis and on the uh and the On the Spectrum Foundation. Um and he is involved in the St. Louis community through other organizations and through church service. Uh, he has uh, many degrees here that I'm seeing and uh, that he has a BA in Chinese uh, from Brigham Young U- University. He is fluent in Mandarin Chinese, German and Danish And George and his wife have five children, and he says two of them, which are blessed with autism. So we welcome George Bailey to the show. George, hello. Shannon, hello. Can you hear me? Am I coming in through? uh, I absolutely can hear you. Um, Pleased to have you here. I was saying we probably know some people in common because I used to teach at BYU. What? I don't know if you know that I know. I
2: did not know that. I looked over your background but I didn't catch it. that. Well, is you know, that is outstanding. That is really wonderful. It's
0: not necessarily one of the things that I put in my cuz I taught theater at BYU. Oh, um and so, so you know, this is not useful in in this format for anybody to know but <laughs> um but yes, and I have many many friends at BYU still and um loved living in Provo, Utah had uh you know missed uh, the
2: mountains right oh, oh my gosh gorgeous. and I have so
0: many friends who teach at UVU and my son was yep. accepted to UVU and we we desperately tried to coerce him into going to Utah because the whole family would move to Utah and instead <laughs> I'm living in Los Angeles. So um you know what can you do? You talk to your children, you try yep. to get them to do what you want them to do and then you release and say, we will go with whatever you want. Amen to that. I really right. agree. Yeah. Right. So, George, um, I don't even know where to start, but let's talk about what a pod bed is. Yes, Should we yes. talk about first about you and what your circumstances are, or does, which what would would you like?
2: Uh, you know, I I just enjoy the art of conversation, and wherever <laughs> it takes us. It's like too. if we never touch on Z Okay, my, you know, friends wouldn't be too you know, happy if we didn't touch on no. Z pods at all. But I'm just happy to talk and, and I guess I'll give you a little bit of background about kind of how we started and, and okay. we'll take it from there. You, Let's do it. You that. cut in with any questions you have because Oh, have you I, met me? You. I will. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, doesn't seem too afraid, you know, on no. that front. So uh I uh you know, I was working here in St. Louis. I'm actually from California myself. I was born and raised in the Bay Area my wife and I met on a blind date at BYU, wow. but she's also wow. from the, from the Bay area. And so we had all the same connections, you know, you know, we knew a lot of the same people. And then all of a sudden uh, we end up on a blind date and we got married after three months and people thought, Oh, you're crazy. Like, you know, I, I felt shy about telling people that initially within the first three years of marriage, when you tell someone that you're always kind of like, yeah, you know, married after three months, after fifteen years going on sixteen soon, and with five kids, you're like, I got nothing to prove. I got a crazy that's story, right. that's you know? right. <laughs> and, and now it's 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 like it's a part of our heritage you know, that we we did that crazy thing, and we love each other, and she's just amazing. So we moved to St. Louis about twelve years ago, so that I could attend law school, and I ended up working in the financial services sector. And uh, a friend of mine, a two friends of mine. With whom I served together on the board of directors for the Asian American Chamber of Commerce, uh, they were working on a series of startups. And I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. I, you know, I was always uh, just very conservative in my work decisions that I made. Um, but they said, George, we really want someone like you with your your skill set to come on board with us and help us launch uh, a couple of small businesses. And so this is the one, Z-PODs that I actually took to. And the reason why was because although I had no passion for it when we started out, because we were looking at these sleep capsules or, or you know, sleep pods, as you might call them. We're looking at them. We're like, what do we use these for? You know, we were getting them out of China. We were looking at maybe like corporate office spaces, nap pods, truck stops. You know, we had all sorts of, you know, truly romantic ideas about like, wow, airports, could you, you know, I didn't really care about any of that stuff. But one of Gary's friends started poking him with autism. And now I have to say that I met it initially, I I actually brushed it off the first few times that I heard it, because I am, you know, a father of five and two of my kids are autistic. And so I know plenty about autism or so I thought, um, and you know, I was thinking, like, what do they need these for? Like, who cares? And and not just that, but it was like, dude, you know, we get sold all sorts of stuff, so I was very hesitant. Um, but then what happened was, you know, Gary mentioned it one more time, and the image flashed before, before me of Temple Grandin inside her squeeze machine, which if you've ever seen the movie, and I'm sure you have, you know, and I know you've had her on the show, um, that she has this squeeze machine that she used to decompress. And then I started thinking like, okay, maybe there's something about this aspect of enclosure and bringing comfort to kids and stuff like that. So at that point, I decided that if we're going to go in this direction, we're going to do it right. And doing it right means a couple of things. Well, number one is never making medical claims, which we do not. And also talking with a lot of professionals um, and autistics, you know, in in the space to to really assess, like, what is the actual need? So it took us a good year from the time that we actually started thinking about autism to the point where we really embraced it because we wanted to make sure that it was right. And for me, for a lot of ethical reasons, I felt like, you know, this needs to be done the right way. Um, We found our first case study in a young woman named Natalie, 13 years old with autism and schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. and she was sleeping four hours a night in her closet. And so, and her mom was desperate. Uh, But again, it was precisely the desperation that made me hesitate, because I don't like to prey on the desperation of other people.
0: Yeah.
2: And we said, you know, no promises. We actually helped her get a grant to cover the costs. We covered some of the costs because we were so anxious to see like, what was going to happen, you know? And, and we were kind of saying to each other, like, Hey dude, can you imagine what it would be like if Natalie jumped from four hours to six hours, literally overnight? I mean, from the night that she got her bed, that was November, 2019. She jumped from four hours a night to over 10 hours a night. Wow. And that is an average that she has held since then. Wow! And so, you know, we're actually, we're going to release a pretty uh, cool little short documentary about that experience uh, very soon so be look, on the lookout for that where we highlight her story. and we've worked now with uh, between 60 and 70 children um, and we've had numerous degrees of success and and we've been very proud of what we've done. And it's very hard you know to do this for many reasons I could tell you about you've done a startup you know the, at yeah. some point you know autism live was a startup. Yeah. Any time you start your own business there are exceptional risks that you take and, and this isn't about guarding sympathy for ourselves but rather to point to the parents that came on as early adopters to take a chance on us you know and, and I think that by and large we've we've been you know uh, very good and, and sometimes i think there are ways that we can improve but I'm, I'm really grateful to work with these families this is it's been a true adventure and and we're we're just uh, at the start of it
0: So let's back up a little bit and and break this down. And and, and I know Trayvon's got an image that he can show us at some point too. So capsule beds in different parts of the world are already a thing and and around. Um, I mean, I became aware, I don't know what documentary that I was watching or what movie that I was watching and saw the sort of capsule beds. I don't know where in Asia it was, but that you could like rent one for a couple of hours to sleep in. Yeah. way before the pandemic obviously and and can i tell you george what i said i was like why don't they have these at disneyland because at disneyland <laughs> I, they, like it always gets to that point in the afternoon where it doesn't matter if you if your kids are completely neurotypical or whatever yes. there's a point in the afternoon when everyone is tired and a nap would be brilliant and you're not going to pay for a hotel right and yeah. i've always said why is there not like these capsule things but tell, for people who've never seen anything like this before, talk about just in general, these pods and these capsule beds and, you know, what, what, because you said you, you know, you guys wanted to bring them to the United States. And, it, and so there's the picture. This is of an yeah. actual Z pod, correct? So
2: actually, and even more exciting than that, that is the new one that we're putting out in June. So the old one was, uh, you know, probably what you saw was a made in China product that, uh, you know, very cool. You get inside, you get fan control, you get to control the lights, the mirror lights, you get to, you know, uh, control, you know, close out all the lights. So you get this dark space and that's great. But what we did was from the start, we started asking questions of our constituents. Hey, what is you know, like, what do you want to see different? And what can we improve upon? You know, what are your thoughts about this? And we got a lot of feedback. And the great thing about working with, you know, autistic children and their parents is that you get feedback all over the place. Yeah. And so we th- we decided that, okay, as we make this, we want to continually like push the limits of what this thing can do. In other words, we want it to be able to adapt to any specific individual and any specific taste. Everybody has what I call a sleep profile, Okay, that the way they like the covers to be, the way they like the light to be, whatever it is that helps them to be able to initiate sleep, which is the the end goal. That's what we're shooting for, to be able to do that. So we added a number of things that were launching in June. Again, we've we've sold out the last of our made in China inventory. We brought all manufacturing back to the United States and we redesigned the bed. Um, So, for example, I'll start with the fans. Um, the original bed, you had two fans in the corners, one in each corner. And now, you know, if you look behind me, let's see, you can see two fans on one side. And if you were to look on the other side there, there would be two more. So this and background
0: this, that we're seeing is, is if, as if you this were is the interior.
2: The yeah, this is the interior. And sorry, it's a little bit sketchy. I wish my background were a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But if I turn this off... There, uh, it's it's mm, mm, <laughs> It's you know. fine. It's fine. <laughs> You're in my office space, and it's not an office I space you. to be proud of. You know, whatever. You know, so. Uh, but we wanted two fans that go in and two fans that go out, which is new. You know, to have extra circulation, we thought that that was really essential.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, and then the mirror lights, instead of being, you know, before it's like you click different colors, and that's great. We wanted a full spectrum that could actually kind of, you know, more smoothly move towards one color from the next. And of course, we also wanted to be able to make it so that you can have effectively a light show that goes on in your, your bed. We have speakers in the new one, uh, which was high demand. Everybody wanted speakers and we thought, oh, we could totally do that. So now we have speakers in all the um, the uh, beds and then the doors, uh, the current bed. You cannot take the door out. So it slides, it's embedded in the front panel, but those that you see right there, you can grab them by the sides, lift, tilt, remove. And so that makes it so that kids can, you know, in the future, as we start creating more door designs, it's like, okay, you like this brand, then we can brand it that way. You like this shape or this pattern of stars or forests. You know, we want to be able to individualize the bed entirely. You know, like that is the end goal. Uh, and then we also created an app that will be able to control the bed remotely so that parents can unlock and, and lock certain features as children display varying levels of maturity. You know, uh, So you could lock it so that lights go off at 8.15 no matter what, or they start to fade. The current lights cannot fade on the same scale that what we're creating it will do. So they start to fade over the series of 30 minutes to gradually kind of dim and then you know soothe the child. And a lot of this is very psychological, you know. So that's what you're looking at is an enclosed bed, a capsule bed or a pod bed.
0: Okay. And now before everybody loses their mind, we want to say that this <laughs> is very specific for um for for people that want that sensory experience. Yes. Because because I don't want anybody tuning in and going, "Oh, this is a punishment thing." or No, this, no. This is not- that
2: Really yeah. good point because, you know, in our user manual, for example, we, one of our head tips is never, ever, ever, ever send your child to this bed as a form of punishment. The that's whole right. point is that bedtime has become perceived as a punishment for so many kids. Yeah. You know, and it has to be something that they just look forward to. And that's the way it is for my kids. Now we have two of these beds in my home and you know, my son, Joseph, he's 14 years old now. He's autistic. Uh, you know, you used he would hate going to bed and we'd send him to bed and then he'd just bounce around his room from you know, he would send him to bed at eight and it'd be eight until 10, 11, 12, you know, and now he's just yeah. like, okay, go to my bed, hang out in my pod. It is his hangout space. When I give him uh, our computer that has all of our music on it, because that's his favorite reward for doing anything is being able to listen to, listen to dad's, you know, 70s jam and 80s Love jam. It. Yep. Uh, that he'll just go to his bed and chill out so yeah. it's become there 's a positive association there, and where you have a negative association you're you 're not going to get as effective of sleep
0: The whole entire point is that this becomes the safe space it becomes womb like um,
2: exactly.
0: and and that yes. they have control over the environment within that womb and it and if anybody uses it for anything else that's that 's completely the opposite of what 's trying to be created here. Um, so, so there's that, um, now I'm, I want to ask some practical questions as a parent that, so on the new one, so I, the, the gray door that has the sort of swish on it, that's the door that slides over so that they can get in.
2: Correct. So there are actually two sliding doors that you can see there. Both of the ones that are that dark charcoal gray, um, those are both doors.
0: Okay. And then where the blue panel is, um, is that a window that's there that they can open up the window?
2: No, that's a mirror. That's and a mirror. The, okay. And the mirror, actually, one of the fascinating things I was actually just telling my sister about this this morning is that um, something that was very profound to me, I didn't think that the mirror was that big of a deal. And we thought, oh, maybe we can you know, save some costs by not having a mirror in every bed. But we were told adamantly, like, no, please keep the mirror by several people. And I still couldn't figure out like, well, but but why? know tell me i want to understand why you know and and there were two big reasons that jumped out one more practical and that was that you know when you come in there is a greater sense of kind of spaciness in there if you know if you go in and it's you never want your child to feel cramped i mean it's not necessarily a cramping space if it's a twin size mattress it's six feet five inches from end to end and i can lie down in it very comfortably okay uh but it does give it that feeling of like, oh, wow. It's like almost like doubling your real estate psychologically, even though you only have, you know, whatever, 1,500 square feet, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, uh and so the other reason was more on the autism level. Um, and I was talking with an adult um, who's autistic and, and very, uh, and I love having that experience because they're in a better position to be able to articulate their needs. Yes. And um, this person was saying, well, you know, when I, I have a sensory processing disorder and when I feel out of sorts, all of the my environment is out to get me and I feel like I'm having almost a constant out-of-body experience. The mirror, when I look in there, it's almost like a reorienting experience. Mm, it's a reminder okay. I am here. And so you'll notice if you've ever seen kids with autism who love mirrors. Yes. And I don't know if that's true across the board, if that's why they all love mirrors, but it certainly seemed to make a lot of sense to me, you know? Yeah. And, and so the mirrors there as, as a way of it's, it's a soothing agent, you
0: yeah. know? Okay, great. So, and th- that was going to be, my next question was about like how, so is it's how big is the mattress? It's a, is it a typical twin, twin yeah. mattress? So... Um, and then does the top come off? How do you change the sheets? Ah, Ma, Ma wants to know. Yeah. Good
2: question, mom. And, and I love these questions because they are the practical questions that we get very right. often. Uh, whereas with the original, you have one door that occupies one side of that front that you see. Uh, this was one of the reasons why we wanted to have two and why we wanted to make them easily removable. Because okay. you, you take those out uh, and then you have a bed that's a lot easier to clean. And you have a bed that's a lot easier to change. Uh, That was a big demand. And I feel like that was, that's one of the things I'm most excited about as well.
0: So you're not taking the mattress out every time you're changing the sheets. You've got a big enough opening to get in and and do that. And
2: you can take the mattress out too, if you, if you want you know, it's easy to do that on the new generation.
0: Okay. Uh, Amanda says, my question is what happens when they get older and they are so used to sleeping in the bed and something changes, something happens where they can't have the bed any longer. My son just started trying to sleep in his closet. I think it's very timely, uh, Amanda, that, that George is here today. And she says, I had to add a lock to his door. So, Mm -hmm. um, and we do see a lot of, um, even younger kids, but especially teenagers start to go sleep in their closet and parents are always mystified by why that is. But this is exactly, you know, why you guys have created this because they're looking for that enclosed experience. They feel safer there. But, um, but in terms of you're saying you're a, you know, a full grown adult, you're saying you can still sleep in there comfortably.
2: So Amanda's question is really good, and we get that one as well um, occasionally. Um, We've worked with young adults. We even have uh, a client who's a dentist, not autistic, and uses it in his office 15 minutes a day during lunchtime. Just to yeah. chill out, it and he loves it, you know. So we have started with kids in the sense that we feel like that's where it, it, we can grow organically from there until adulthood. But this does raise two really important questions, you know. Is it desirable, you know, for an adult to be sleeping in this kind of a space? And I'm going to be honest, uh, you know, a- Amanda, I don't know. Um, we are we're so new at this in some ways that we're really kind of figuring it out. Um, I don't see anything. There's no reason that I can see that there's anything wrong with it per se, and we do want to be able to make sure that this is welcoming for adults as well as children. Uh, We have uh, been approached about the possibility of helping out with PTSD and other conditions where enclosure, uh, not all PTSD, but some types of PTSD, where enclosure becomes desirable and helpful and soothing. Um, But... The so that's that I hope that answers part of your question, Amanda. I, I wish that I could satisfy you that with greater knowledge on that one, but I will say that those adults, young adults that we've worked with, uh, we have a, a wonderful uh, young woman who's about 21 22 now who sleeps in there with her dog and she, her uh, therapy dog, and she loves it. And the pictures that we've got are incredible, you know. Yeah. Um, but I tend to think that the core goal is good sleep. And so if you're not getting good sleep, then no matter what, you know, we need to look for a solution, uh, because sleep, it has so many uh, benefits. I mean, it it, it almost sounds melodramatic to talk about the benefits of sleep on your health, on your appearance, on, uh, your general mood and, and happiness. You know, there are a lot of really incredible, um, benefits to it.
0: Absolutely. And I I want to say, Amanda, that, you know, um, back in the day when Temple Grandin went to college and she wanted to bring her squisher with her and they really had a bit of a problem with it and eventually, um, you know, tore it to pieces, uh, which was traumatic for her. We live in a different age now where I I would like to be a part of lobbying for one of those to be in a dorm room, just going to say. And I would love to get involved with that. But I also, I think, George, down the road, I think that the, for the kids who really respond to this and really like this, I I think that the parents are going to ask you for a pop-up travel version that's like a tent that they can take for a hotel room. Because, you know, if you're wanting to- We are to- working
2: on that, by there the we way. Go. I mean you know and, and the great thing, I have to tell you that one of the joys of commencing this startup together with the people that I started to work with is that I- know how to do very little. As a person, I am pretty useless, okay? I'm a good communicator. <laughs> and, and, no, it's, it's true. It's like, I am a good communicator, okay? I I I talk better than a lot of people talk, you know, but, but that's, that's something I've developed o- over years because I enjoy it and, you know, but as far as making stuff, or fixing the sink that, uh, you know, so a couple days ago, uh, literally just like a week ago, one of my sons decided to climb to the, you know, he's 12 years old and he decided he was going to get Nutella out of the, you know, the top cover yeah. over the sink. And yeah. he did it over the course of three days. Uh, and every single time he used the sink as a handhold for support. And it worked two times yeah and the third time it didn't work so well and he busted that faucet right off and then had to tell us in the middle of the diet mom and dad i i think i broke something which he did (laughs) yeah well my my wife is extremely useful in those things i'm not (laughs) okay she fixed it right up i helped a little bit you know like somewhere needed to really put in some strength you know into the you know getting it down and stuff like that well the point is i work with other people who make incredible stuff and they know how to do it and so you know, to your point about, you know, a travel version and stuff like that, like always tell us what you want, because at the end of the day, we're actually trying to make not what we want or what we think is the right thing. I mean, we have to use our own judgment. You know, I'm not yeah. going to kid you, but we want to respond to the consumer. You know, yeah. we want to do it. We want to solve
0: a problem. So. We, I, I and we're we're out of time, but oh, no, no, uh, I I know that you you said that you'd sold out of your initial inventory. When are these going to be available? Great. So
2: this new one is going to be available the middle of June. Uh, we're okay. selling the first two hundred and eighty eight uh, two hundred and eighty eight at a strong discount, including shipping. So two thousand eight hundred dollars um, altogether for the the you know the first two hundred and eighty eight, and that will include shipping anywhere within the United States. Um, And we're always looking for ways to help parents who feel like, you know, that's too much of a sacrifice right now. I'm going to say we acknowledge fully that it can be expensive for a lot of parents. And so we've gotten these covered by uh, disability waivers in California, Ohio, Missouri. We've gotten it covered by uh, state programs in Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Kansas. And we're going to keep on working on that.
0: And... um... So That's through your Medicaid um, or Medi-Cal here in California, but I also want to say that we've had parents um, before lobby for this type of equipment from their insurance company and been rather successful if it's something that shows a medical benefit to the child in getting sleep everybody understands that if you don't get sleep, there is a huge medical cost to that. So um, people want to know any possibility of this in Philadelphia. Did you mention Pennsylvania as one of the places that you had yet done a waiver? No, Um,
2: um, Not yet. We are working on that one rather actively because of demand there. And we are um, in the middle of raising the funds necessary for clinical trials because we believe that insurance coverage in the long run is going to be the best thing that we can do for um, our community.
0: Absolutely. So George, if they're interested in more information, where do they need to go?
2: Zpodsforsleep.com.
0: Zpods and- or sleep, the, the word for sleep. Yeah, it's on for. it's on the screen right now, but for those of you listening in podcast, Zpods with an s. sleep.com. Um, and, and so you think in June is when the first ones, how much does it weigh? Is it, is a hard thing to, to ship?
2: Uh, it is very expensive in shipping, but the old one weighed more because of it had a lot more steel components. This is like plastic all the way around, uh, with a few exceptions. Um, so I don't know what the weight is going to be. Uh, the old ones, like it's about 500 pounds or something like that. Okay. Crazy heavy.
0: Yeah. Are you going to be at any trade shows or anything where somebody could go and get in one and try it? Is that I know with COVID, this has been hard probably for, to show people. But if somebody said, I just don't know and I want to have my child get in it and see, is what is the possibility on that anytime soon?
2: For now, only in the St. Louis area would you conveniently be able to check us out because that's where we are geographically. Um, but we are starting to market to Airbnbs so that you can have a chance to actually go stay, which I think is the best test for whether or not it will work. Uh, And we will be out at trade shows, but we do not have any specifically planned right now. We're actually in negotiations with a few trade shows. So we wanna make the rounds, yeah.
0: Would you do me a favor as you're talking to Airbnbs, like we would, we would like to get a list of what Airbnbs offer them because our community would want that information so that when they travel, that they're knowing that they can go to one. Uh, George, last question. Were you named because of the movie? It's a wonderful life. I I should have opened with that.
2: Oh, no, it's okay. Um, So my grandfather His name was George Bailey, and he passed away in 1938 when my dad was five years old.
1: And that would have been
2: nine years prior to It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, So I was named after him. That being said, I don't think my parents could have done me a better favor than naming me after George Bailey. I love that movie. Uh, I think it's one of America's best. Um, and I'm grateful. I mean, it could have been so much worse. It could have been like, you know, Blackbeard Bailey or so, you know, like, you don't want to be associated with any of those <laughs> guys to Betsy. But, I hope not. Yeah, heavens. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Jimmy Stewart, though, it's like, that's OK. I can live. With it's that. a pretty good you know, it's a pretty good connection.
0: All right. So Z-Pods for sleep, you guys go check it out. Um, ask all the questions that you want. I'm sure George and his uh, his folks will be happy to know your questions um, and we'll stay tuned for more information about Z-Pods. George, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate you taking the time.
2: Shannon, so much fun. Thank you.
0: You take care. I want to let everybody know on tomorrow's show, two big things that I want you to know. Viva Paskowitz is going to be with us. She is a sibling beyond all siblings. She's got three brothers on the autism spectrum. She teaches art to individuals on the spectrum. She is in fact, the art director at the Ed Asner Family Center And she's remarkable. We've never had her on the show, but her mom's been on many times before. She's an incredible mover, shaker, young woman. Can't wait to talk with her and some of the projects that she's doing. If you have a kiddo who's interested in art, you should be taking her online for free art classes that are um, still, they've been available all throughout the pandemic, still available. She's incredible. So she's going to be here. Plus Nancy is going to go back through her 10 empowerment tips for parents of kiddos on the spectrum. So that's tomorrow. Don't forget that on Monday, Dr. Jed Baker's going to be here. And we just have so much good stuff coming down the, the path for you guys. And we're moving back into the studio soon. Uh, just a few more shows from home. And then we're back in the studio, the new studio. So we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you, too. Bye-bye for now.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've
0: got fast